T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. So I'm sorry to report to my friends in Chicago, the nightmare continues. Chicago Tribune sports page. Really? Column by Stephen... Rosenblum? Steve Rosenblum. You know him? Never heard the name before yet. Steve Rosenblum. I think Chance the Rabbi is the way to go. Brian Peruk. Well, when's he coming back? I said, you want to come back? And it was an emphatic no. We're glad he misses us. Sitting in for Mike Esposito, who's sitting in for Jordan Burnfield, who's sitting in for Wayne Randazzo, who's sitting in for Mark Grody, who's sitting in for Brian Peruk. It's Matt Spiegel. This is funny, because we're trying so hard to make this funny, and it's not funny. They suck, so you don't have to. Baseball is full of suck right now. For some reason, they sing. With a duck duck here and a quack quack there, right? Take the last train to Turdsville, and we'll meet you at the station. Take the last train to Turdsville. They're in need of sanitation, don't you know? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. They won't stop singing. It's a master's course in stupid. You're tapping two kegs of stupid, and it is really flowing. What percentage is five bucks uh, on a hundred? They have celebrity rebukes. This is Wayne Messmer, Senior Executive Vice President of the Wolves. You know, in all my years involved in sports and many teams, I have never been involved with something that sucks so badly. The three words that best describe this show are as follows, and I quote, Stink, stank, stunk. It's Rosenblum and Spiegel on WSCR, 670 The Score. We should be 670 WSUK. Saturday Suckage, Steve Rosenblum, Matt Spiegel, WB Club. We will be here, the an abbreviated version, the Moyles coming in to cut us short around 1245. Make way for a special performance by the Raspberries, bringing you their 1972 hit, Go All the Way. Yeah! I was hoping that would be the song. I know, you've a uh, long-time Eric Carmen fan you Boom, are. Boom, boom, that song kills. All right. The, the straight from the G-Man, from the Cubs booth to the G-Man <laughs> to studio suckage. Mm. How was the – explain now that for people who saw the tweet and said, okay, so you did the Cubs game, you yeah. did G-Man. What, so explain to us before we move along to talking about Mitch Darvish. The, um, the great Bernie Williams, the Yankees center fielder, and a really excellent – Jazz, blues, soul, rock guitarist. 
Really, legitimately excellent. No, you have said this after every hot stove, cool music. Well, he likes to come, uh, he likes to play, and he's in town for a charitable event, a walk that is taking place this morning. He's going to be on Hit and Run tomorrow morning uh, with me in the first hour. But um, it was his birthday last night, so his manager decided, if you're going to be in Chicago, you know people in Chicago, why don't we put together a gig for you? And they got in touch with me, and I put together a band for... Really? Yeah. You. Yeah. You're the point man. Yeah. You're, the, you're Mr. Chicago. I, you're Maddie Chicago. I put together a band, and Joe Shanahan, who owns the Metro and the G-Man, uh-huh. um, used to own the Double Door and is a rock icon in this town, um, helped facilitate... That's really, that's history there. Oh, yeah. The yeah. double door. Guy. Oh yeah, it's it's the guy. Yeah, Shanahan's the guy. I mean, you know. Uh, so yeah, it, Joe helped facilitate, and we put together a gig for Bernie last night at the G Man, and we played for like two and a half hours, and there was cake, and there was Aurelio's pizza, and there was much happiness. What do you give the All Star center fielder who has everything a gig? That's a hundred percent correct. That's outstanding because that's that, what you can because he's got everything else right. That, that's all he wants to do. It's all he wants to do is play. And you know what I can tell you, and this is absolutely true. As a musician, Bernie is a great teammate, a great bandmate. He listens. He's paying attention. He listens to what you're doing. He reacts to it. He supports it with the guitar. He doesn't always have to be the star, but when it's his turn to turn up and be the soloist. He comes through in the clutch. He kills it in the clutch. It makes me think that maybe there's a reason why he at 22 postseason home runs. Yes, I would think so. And so ask him this question. He'll be on Hint Run tomorrow, right? Yes, he will. So you weren't. You're important enough to set up a gig, but not important enough to get him in studio for an hour as a co-host. <laughs> that, that, I'm, I'm just trying to yes. get our Spiegel ratings here, see where the Spiegel gauge where, where is. Where I actually stand? Yeah. yeah. I understand. So ask him. I asked Paul O'Neill this question. Okay. And it seems rather obvious, and I would love to get Bernie. Bernie's a thoughtful guy. Absolutely. He's a deep guy, and, he, and he, he will give you some. What's the coolest thing about being a Yankee? I'll ask him. That's a great question. Sure. I asked that of Paul O'Neill, and he talked about, basically, he talked about the pinstripes. He didn't say that, but he talked about the history, that both the pressure, and you could see the clenched face. He went through life with a clenched face. Paul O'Neill was a face like a fist at a lot of times, mm-hmm. and he performed. He was that guy, and and I didn't know where he'd go with that. There's so many places to go with what's the best thing about and name a team with a, that kind of legacy. Yeah. And I would be interested to hear what Bernie has to say. What time will he be on? He'll be I on could be uh, listening. 9.20. He'll be on in the first hour because he's catching a flight at 10.10, which is why he's not in studio. Okay. But, All right. Um, yeah. Excellent. Hope so, the, hope the uh, cell works from the airport. Me too. Yes. <laughs> but uh, no, I'll, I'll ask him that. Uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. I, I will say that in talking a little baseball with him last night, late night, after a couple of beverages and, and lots of Always rock and roll. Always the best time to get somebody's opinion. That damn Skippy. Syrup. Damn Skippy. He's tired of drunk. Um, he told me that he remembers the losses way more than he yeah. remembers the wins. Most guys I've talked to, and it started with Chris Chelios when he put it this way, he said, I, f- I, I fear losing more than I like winning. Uh-huh. And here it is. Bernie's 51. Number 51 turned 51 last night. Yeah. And you ask him the thing that sticks out the most in his entire career, it's Luis Gonzalez fisting the game winner off Mariano Rivera. And Bernie's, and he said to me, he said, and I had to go pick it up. It was right in front That's of me. That's right. 
I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that's right. And that's it. The whole thing's over. It's over. And he still has to be the one to go over and pick up the ball. And I watched the the highlight last night, and you see Bernie running off. He's the last guy running off the field while the Diamondbacks are out there celebrating, and Bernie's running off the field. By the way, Tim McCarver, who got a a rough ride for a long time for good reason, I know, right before that pitch says, a lot of lefties... Will hit we'll bloops. Will fist it into the shallow part of the outfield against Mariano Rivera. That's why it's risky to bring the infield in. And then Luis Gonzalez fisted into the shallow part of the outfield off. Mariano and that Rivera. was Tim McCarver's last known salient baseball thought. <laughs> I know I could count on you to drag us back down to cynicism. Yeah, that's right. Moving right along, Saturday suckage with cynicism. The WB Club, Steve Rosenblum, Matt Spiegel. 1140, we'll talk Bears with Mark Grody, our Bears reporter, WBBM sideline reporter during the game. Mm-hmm. And noon, uh, David Schuster will be here from Wrigley in game two of the softball contest between the Cubs and Pirates. And we will take you up to Cubs pregame with Zach Zaidman at 1245. So we will get to the Cubs later, but let's talk about Mitch Darvish. Let's talk about the Bears. And now they're facing, in what might be a, as a must-win worst-case scenario, isn't facing Vic Fangio the worst thing you could imagine for not just Mitch Darvish, but Nagy? And I will bring this into the equation, because I think James Daniels got taken last week. Oh, I think, abused, yeah. I think that, and there's... Well, all the inside knowledge that Vic Fangio has about the Bears and the offense, and you're putting essentially a rookie center behind a apparently skittish quarterback and a head coach who's predictable, and you're giving it to the, the guy Jim Schwantz called the smartest guy in any building hmm. when he talked about the f- defensive coordinator last week. So what are your thoughts on this and what's played out? Hello, wake you up. Football season started. Oh, hello. Sorry. <laughs> Hold on. It seems like we're waiting for game one. Me, it? Well, that's, <laughs> I, I realized that this is the problem with going first like the Bears did. Uh-huh. Is that if you suck, right. you have to live with it a long, long time. And they've had nine days to just bask in in the suck. Just just kind of hang around in this in this terrible stench that won't leave your consciousness. I mean, really. Aren't we talking about if you've watched this on play out, you're you're so right. It seems so long. This is the nine the ten days of grief that we've gone through. Uh-huh. Because you went through ultimately the, there was the spike where it was Mitch saying, I can't talk about bad stuff. Right? I just just happy thoughts, just joy like you were waiting for Deep thoughts from Jack Handy at mm. this point. Mm-hmm. And then there was the coach trying to minimize it. And then there were reports. Oh, he was laughing and joking in the locker room. It seems like the nine stages of grief, the mm-hmm. nine stages of Mitch losing. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of stages. The problem, um, the thing that scares me the most is that he's he's striking me as a guy who is not super well built to sit around for nine days of basking in your own suck. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's very, very hard on himself. 
is Mitch, apparently. From every everybody that we've talked to, everything that, that we've heard, he's hard on himself, and he can get down. And I worry that that you know that he's feeling like he's underwater and even if he floats to the surface for a while against Denver if a couple bad things happen and he gets underwater again then it's going to be hard to get himself back up i i, so in, I worry in light about of that him. when we had our discussion last week and we played the the Eddie Jackson tape and by the way you're still not in Tuscaloosa anymore toto about the booing it's unacceptable we can't do that mm. and now, in light of what's played out, do you see a guy, will you give any credence to the idea that a guy with less NFL experience than Mitch Trubisky, the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears, has to rush to his defense and rush to his, surround him with emotional bubble wrap? Do you think that was the prime motivation? Of what Nagy did? No, of what Eddie Jackson said on the McNeil and Parkin oh, show. Right, 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 right. We discussed that uh, at yeah, length. Yeah, yeah, You know, we kind of we we kicked it around, much like Cody Parkey kicking and off uprights well, and crossbars. Yeah, you bring up an interesting point because because yeah, like everybody in the locker room knows it. Yeah, they know it they, because because it's all because it's all about him. It's all about him. He's got to be good. He's got to feel good. And when things go well, you know, and as they were last year, as it was ramping forward. And, uh, you know, I remember saying this exact sentence for a, really the past few years and being happy that it finally went this way, that when you draft a franchise quarterback, every decision that you make within the organization, every hire that you make within the organization should be about the comfort, well-being and productivity of that franchise quarterback. It has to be. It has and, to and be. We went through all of these, as I should, as the 12 stages of grief. Go back through the 12 stages of Jay Cutler and go back through everything revolves around him. We did that in the form of excuses, whether it was the offensive line right. or your guagi receivers or an offensive head coach with, with a clue or mm-hmm. whatever it was. It was all about making excuses for a guy who had still insisted on throwing into triple coverage off his back foot. Yeah, but was, but now in, in, in the modern, where we are now, I look at what the Rams and, 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 Mc, and McVay have, the do, Eagles. Uh, have done for Jared Goff. Yeah. I look at what the Eagles have done for Carson Wentz or Nick Foles when he was in there. But, like, you look at what the, the best organizations, the best teams have done for their good young quarterback, and that is they do everything that they must to make that guy comfortable, to enable him, to uh, to give him a chance to succeed and do whatever he wants. But then all of a sudden, if the guy starts to be bad and shows a little fragility or seeming mental fragility, then it comes off like coddling, doesn't it? It does. Because it, 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 it flips, and success makes it flip. And what's really curious is that we heard in the last year – how I mean, remember Kyle Long telling the story about how Mitch owned the huddle, how he how he was telling the veterans to yeah. basically um, shut the bleep up because it was his huddle, no talking, no whining, no nothing, just listen. And there was that kind of leadership, that mm. was that kind of decisiveness, that was that kind of plant, I'm planting my flag, and you guys are following me, and there you go. Needs to be there. So where's that guy? Well, maybe he's maybe he's still there. Maybe he just sucked. Maybe he just, <laughs> was just really bad. And maybe he's still really, there. But they've not done him any favors by talking 
by basically trying to wrap him in emotional bubble wrap, mental bubble wrap, whatever it is, to protect this guy. And they're telling, no, you can't talk about that. That would be a bad thing. That it, almost like he's got life coaches at every turn, right? Yeah. Including the PR guy. Yeah. Who's, it's not a good look. And maybe, and like you said at the start of this, if we didn't have so much time, we'd be on to other things. We'd and be Bill he, Belichick. We're on to Cincinnati. Right. And, and if he didn't have so much time. Right. Yes. And that's my and real, that's where that's my concern because it? it's not just us having all this time. It's that he's got it all. And it can only, it can dangerously just hammer home some of the things you may start to be thinking about yourself. Because Lord knows if we're starting to think this stuff about Mitch after just watching the game, being like, man, he had a whole off season. This is level 202 of the Nagy offense. Right. This is the, the, the Mahomes slash golf second year in the system. You know, this is when it's supposed to be. And you come out with that. And it's, it's scary. It's flat out scary that in your first game with all of this conversation against your division rival, that's what you gave us. It's scary, and I bet he's scared too. And even going up to, going up to that last, well, you know, essentially the last drive, where he looked like, because when last we saw him lead a fourth quarter, a gotta have it drive, he got Cody Parkey within range of getting the Bears a playoff. Win. Absolutely did. Okay. So I thought we were, for a while there, we were going to witness the same thing. Start of the season was the start of the playoff season. Comparing last January to last Thursday, we could go Thursday. And I thought, here's a guy who's just going to, he's going to be a one-drive guy, and he's going to get that tying touchdown and see where it goes, and maybe Nagy goes for two. We never saw that. That that struck me. Would Nagy have gone for two with two minutes to go? Hmm. And... At home against the Packers, and you're going to give Rodgers time to do whatever Rodgers is going to do, but you're going to, you know, allow him the the luxury of, you know, he he has to actually beat you as a, um, I mean, he's going to be trailing. I don't know if he'd have gone for two if that had been the smart move, but you want to win if you stop Aaron Rodgers. You don't want to go to overtime against him. But if he's leading that drive, and then what happens is that, that the thing that he is most known for the the locking in on his t- prime receiver and was doing it all game by all reports that they're trying, especially even the coaches are trying to minimize it now. He locked in on Allen Robinson. He did. Adrian Amos knew it. Adrian yeah. Amos, who never made a play on a ball as a bear, but made a play on that. As, as I'll say this about that throw and that play. That was designed for a guagi moment for Allen Robinson. It, it was, but it was designed by the quarterback has to look off the safety so he gets single coverage, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Allen Robinson goes over the top but, of the little guy. But yeah, but but even so, he could go he could go over, over the top of two guys if he had if he was there and wasn't getting bumped around a little bit and had stopped and been able to jump. It's the right tall guy to go over there and have a guagi moment. It's the right tall guy, uh, it was, right? I mean, it's not Taylor welcome, Gabriel. Welcome to football Tinder. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know? All right. We'll it's not back. Tariq Cohn who lined up at wide out or slot for 44 of his 49 snaps, Matt Nagy. Yeah, I know. This the is hell is that? <laughs> that's not how you get mismatches. Uh, that's right. Bring your joystick back to, to ground central. Yes, All please. Right. 
Boys. Ground control. All right, he's Matt Spiegel. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Saturday suckage, and that's what we're talking about, the bear suckage, and we'll continue to talk about that. We'll talk about the Cubs. There's a lineup out against a guy they've never faced before. Captain. We will have, we will have, yeah, Captain Marvel. The captain. Not Marvel Wynn, but mm-hmm. Captain James Marvel. And we will have uh, Mark Rohde, 1140, David Schuster from Wrigley Field at noon. And uh, we will come, our phone number is 312 644 6767. You can text Matt at 67011. Although I'll be finishing my sandwich during you, the break. You will, no, actually, you'll be finished it during live reads. Uh-huh. And we will. <laughs> you're taking attendance. So, my Trader Joe's, Polly Walnuts. Uh-huh. So named because I cannot possibly pronounce his last name. Cool parents, though. His parents rock. And I cannot possibly pronounce their last name either. We're moving right along. And when we come back, some stuff from uh, about what we saw from Mitch and what the coaches had to say about what we what we see, what he sees, and what he really just can't keep doing anymore. This hour, the score is brought to you by Team Hochberg. Visit their new website at 56david.com. That's 56david.com. You teased that I'd be doing live reads while eating my sandwich. I'm just, That's right. And you I'm just, just following you through. it off. What a, radio, what a radio teammate you are. The Bernie Williams of Saturday Suckage. And of course, it's Saturday Suckage. That's why you tuned in. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome in, welcome back. Saturday Suckage, WB Club. Met a member of the WB Club on uh, Wednesday night. Should have walked through day 30. Dude, wow, you're, you're him. Yes, I am, and you're high. Thank you very much for waking and baking at 8.30 at night. All right, I have, I have something for you to consider. Okay. The Bears coaches, without saying, Mitch Darvish has to move on from his first read when it's Allen Robinson and not stay there for three days. And Adam Johns, uh, who writes for the website, who must not be named, quoted Mark Helfrich saying that you scheme up a route for A-Rob, for example, they might double him or they might rotate in a way that takes him out of it. And that's where, as a quarterback, you just have to move on, move on to the next guy, trust your feet, trust your eyes, trust the concept. Here's what he didn't do. That's exactly what he didn't do on that last what what would have been a hero drive as he went for him. He locked on to Allen Robinson, and it was picked off by Adrian Amos, who finally makes a play on a ball against the Bears. So you're playing against a dead team that got beat by Derek Carr and the dog-breath Gruden Raiders, and the one thing Derek Carr did well is the exact same thing that Aaron Rodgers Killed Vic Fangio's defense with a year ago opening night. Got rid of the ball on about one step. Just got rid of it quickly. Take it, read it, throw it. And 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 don't don't look around. I mean, going through your progressions is one thing, uh-huh. but not forever because 
you won't have that time. And you also, if you're Mitch Trubisky, you're not that good at it. But what Derek Carr did to beat Vic Fangio is the same thing that Aaron Rodgers did. Throw it. Get rid of it. Move it a little bit. Frustrate the pass rushers. And is there, has there, have we seen that from him consistently against a defense built to, to tear him apart? No, I don't believe so. I, 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 I don't, I don't believe so, but I don't think we've seen that game planned either. So you might need the coaches to, make it sound like that's always the game plan to and, have him throw quick, yeah, step yeah. back and throw right to go and see that first read and, and pump to it. That's right. That's why it's a first read on that play. I mean, there's always Mike March used to say there's always a solution on the play, but that's when he had an offensive line that could could block for 35 seconds and give you time to, to do that you, mm-hmm. to your quarterback to see that this isn't necessarily the case for me, but that's why there's a number one read. That's why your progressions go in whatever order. It's not the same progressions on every play. You've got progressions yeah. based on that. And a guy who's open. I do think Mitch knows what an open receiver looks like in the NFL, which is mostly that he's covered. And we were told that his, this is where his accuracy comes in. That is troubling to me. We were sold on his accuracy. That's one of the things that Ryan Pace harped on that and his ability to make dinner reservations for the secretive coaching staff in North Carolina. That's what that's what Ryan Pace talked about. Oh, Listen, we were re- really impressed. He got us. I got to say, he got us a private room. I mean, I oh, think, ordered steak. I think that's. I think that is good. <laughs> But I do believe that Deshaun Watson could have used open table just the same. <laughs> right? Or he could have had his people call. <laughs> I, think, I think Pat Mahomes could have, could have used Yelp and then made a call. Well, he certainly would have had the time. It was not like Cliff Kingsbury had anything interesting for him to do. So the, so the idea of, of that. Of, I hear of, you. Can I, can I say something, though? Steve, can I share a moment with you? Oh, Here, please. Here's the thing. I don't think that attempting to outsmart Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel is any way to go about your business. I think attempting <laughs> but to... But don't you have to? If Mike Pettin does this to you, don't, or, you, don't you have to raise your game? Here's another idea. Oh, okay. Beat the crap out of them physically and run the ball down their effing throat a little bit. Okay, you know, just, just, how, just how Mitch can't... Can't help himself but lock on to A-Rob? Uh-huh. Matt, Matt Nagy, Nagy can't help himself but to throw the ball all over the park. Well, it's time to not do that. for At least for a little bit here because, I mean, neutralize their pass rush with Von Miller and such. Um, you know what Josh Jacobs, the rookie running back, did for the Raiders last week? couple touchdowns, 112 yards from scrimmage. Some gains on dump-offs, a lot of gains on running plays. David Montgomery, your table is ready. Hello. To use uh, a so Steve play, Rosenblum play, play bit from the past. Type. You're saying play against type. Matt play, Nagy should play against Not only play against type, but go ahead and learn from the Raiders. Because he's too predictable. Well, that's why I brought up Derek Carr. I know, and I'm bringing up Josh Jacobs and, and giving you the David we Montgomery so comp. so smart. <laughs> How smart are we to quote John Gruden? Well, to cite John Gruden, that was John Gruden. Well, let's give the credit to somebody else, anybody but John Gruden. But he's the head coach of the team that just beat Vic Fangio's yep. defense. I mean, and Lessons the, and to be learned. Is, it might not take a whole lot to beat Vic Fangio, beat, beat that bunch, just because of 
you know, um, an overall talent level and, and such. The other thing is that they could do, and I would recommend this highly, <laughs> is, to, um, is to beat the crap out of Joe Flacco. Just run up to him and hit him very hard as he's standing there in the back of the pocket trying to look over everybody. You know, why that's, you know why I wouldn't do that? Why? I think the Bears have a better chance of winning if Joe Flacco's in the game than if he's out of it. It's a lot like if you were a defensive coordinator, would you really want to hurt Mike Glennon when he was quarterbacking the Bears, <laughs> or would you want him in the game? You know where to find Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco, and you will find him, but not so hard that you separate Joe from Flacco. You don't want you do not want him out of the game because you you might get Denver's yeah. Frank Reich. All right, well, you could you could beat him up, but just not too much, right? Okay, just enough. That's fine. Just, just enough. Yeah. yeah, just, just enough to leave him. Don't kill him. There was, and if you read the book, The Godfather, it wasn't really in the movies. But if you read the, remember when, uh, when Bonacero went to to see the Don, and and the Don said, "Why, why do you come to me now for justice?" Well, I try to assimilate into the country, but these men attack my daughter. In the book, it was explained. Don says to Tom Hagen, "Find two guys." I don't want these guys dead, but put them in the hospital. So that's that's the Joe Flacco thing. I want this guy hurt, but mm-hmm. not enough that he gets replaced. You need if you're the Bears, you need Joe Flacco. And you know the problem oh, with God, that's funny. the problem with Von Miller is that is that he benefits by Mitch's greatest flaw that locking onto a receiver, holding the ball too long. Now he's elusive; he can run away. You're not going to run away from Von Miller, but when you hold the ball too long, that's when you put yourself put a big target on your back, mm-hmm. on your front, on your mm-hmm. jersey. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm very afraid. So when, when you say, um, I like your the, idea of running the ball, yeah, because then Mitch can't hold it too long. Sure, the RPOs that's a little scary. I'm still fixated on this idea of hurting Joe Flacco a lot, but not too much. Right, you don't have to Charles Martin spear him. Uh huh. You just need to just need to wrap him up and sending a guy to a hospital and instead of a morgue. Um, I'm reminded of <laughs> uh, a friend's mom was a. A uh, cocktail piano player. She was a cocktail I pianist. I love the story already. In a the, torch it, singer? Yeah, in the 50s and 60s and early 70s, right? And this was her heyday. She was discovered out of high school at age 15. And then, you know, ended up with all these jobs, playing a lot of, like, lounges and stuff like that. And hired by a lot of casinos to play these lounges in the casinos. And not the main big showroom, but uh-huh. the lounge room. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I sell lounge shows. And her direct instructions from most of those casinos were, be good, but not too good. Because mm-hmm. they want you to be good enough that the people don't leave. When it's t- when they're losing, they don't want them to leave. They want them to go have a drink and listen to music. Mm-hmm. But then they don't want you to be so good that they stay there. Right? <laughs> they want they you were... to. They want you to be like, all don't... right, I've heard enough. Right? And then you go back to gambling. Don't some be more. Billy Joel, the piano man. <laughs> no, come in for you and leave and. And also, don't play over sixty minutes. Well, but don't and like, right. don't be so good that, that they you won't ke- get up. Don't keep an audience. <laughs> And they would tell her sometimes she'd be like, just kill it. And they'd be like, you know what? Tone it down. Tone it down. Just I never a little thought bit. of that. I knew that, that they wanted you back. In the, yeah. Don't be so good. Uh-huh. Just be good enough that 
oh, my kids are here. Yeah. But bad enough that they go, I've had enough of That's this. why if you've ever sat in some of those places and you'd be like, my God, this is sonic wallpaper. They're not really doing much of anything. Yeah, By that's, design. That's exactly what they're doing. Just like is. the carpeting. is. <laughs> don't move along. Elaine Boozler, she's a wonderful, wonderful comic, wonderful comedian. Mm-hmm. She tells the story that she went out and she killed for 64 minutes. And a guy from Caesars came backstage and... And she was waiting to hear all the plaudits, have it rain down. And the guy walks up to her, points to his watch. Four minutes over. That's four minutes that we didn't get them in the casino. The next night she goes out and she took a clock with her on stage. (laughs) And it's a bunch of foreigners that she she got almost no laughs. She was off 60 minutes. And the guy comes backstage and gives her the okay sign. That's it. <laughs> Even though she bombed. All right, we'll take a break. And uh, one of the originators of Saturday Suckage will join us to talk some Bears football. He'll give us his insights on Mitch and the game plan and Vic Fangio and all that. Rosenblum and Spiegel, Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Oh, hi, Mark. Walk-up music can mean only one thing. They're joining us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford, 500 new and used vehicles to choose from. We choose to bring in Mark Rohde to talk Bears. Bears. Hi, Mark. Bears. Bears. You guys are very lucky that you're catching me right now because I am at the airport right now. Maybe you say Bearport and uh, getting ready to go to Denver. To watch the Bears and the Broncos, so I hope it sounds okay. I hope there's not chaos in the background, but uh, here we are. Uh, it does sound okay. And before you get on the bear plane, my friend, <laughs> we need uh, we need to make sure that we we talk about uh, everything that can be talked about. Um, and I thought it was good that Matt Nagy came out and cleared the bear about. Uh, how, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I don't even know. I don't even know where I'm going. Steve, take over. Ask your question. Oh wait, you're eating a sandwich. I got it. Um, Mark is is Mitch Trubisky um, slightly mentally fragile? Do we have to deal with this emotionally fragile? It's a scary. It's a scary thing to consider here. And are we making too much of it because we have talk radio jobs? Well, I'm sure that that I mean, that's always the case because of talk radio and it's a great talk radio topic. There's no doubt about it. I think like so much stuff with Mitch Trubisky, like we still don't know. I mean, I I still don't know if he is going to turn out to be a great quarterback or a very good quarterback at this point. There's so much where the jury is still out. I don't think that he's fragile. I think that he's a guy that listens to orders from from coaches, and I'm not just talking about the the incident the other day, um, where he was basically told not to talk about stuff that happened in the last game, and that we're moving on. It's just that from from day one, you guys know this from listening to Mitch Trubisky, that everything that he says, he is echoing what the coaching staff says, and uh, he puts it out there. So he is he is listening and echoing everything. That is said at this point. Now, I, I would say in the grand scheme of things, that's probably a good thing because he is coachable. But at some point in time, as a leader and a hopefully a top-flight quarterback, you want him to be his own man. 
and call his own shots to a higher degree and, and maybe, you know, let a little let a little leash out. So I think that that's more on the coaching staff than it is on Mitch that they have that this is the way they have decided to deal with a young quarterback. And my guess is is that no matter who the quarterback was, this is the way this particular staff would go about dealing with him. Talking with Mark Grody, covers the Bears for the score during the week, covers the Bears sidelines for WBBM 780 AM and 105.9 FM on Sundays, as he will in Denver. So if Mike Pettin could just toy with and outsmart and, and abuse Matt Nagy and his game plan and his quarterback and his offense, one can only imagine what Vic Fangio might do. Vic Fangio got beat by by a, an Oakland Raider quarterback who made like Aaron Rodgers in last year's opener, throwing the ball quick, just getting it out quick, neutering the pass rush, and then that defense was really, which turns on the pass rush, would have nothing to do, and that's how Green Bay came back on a, a, a again, from 20 to nothing. And I would think, we were discussing that earlier, that that is something Mitch is not particularly good at, but that was something that he would have to do in order to neuter what Vic Fangio figures one of the things Vic Fangio and Vaughn Miller figured to do to him. Yeah, I mean, the great success that Mike Pettin had, the, the Green Bay defensive coordinator to whom you referred, is using that dime package a ton, like just had, throwing out DBs left and right and you know, daring the Bears to attempt to throw the ball, which they did a ton and didn't really ever adjust to that, you know, that, that's somewhat, you know, it's not like Vic Fangio is like going to go dime all the time, but like think about Vic Fangio when he was with the Bears. It's not like, I mean, it wouldn't be crazy to call Vic Fangio's approach conservative on defense because he's a guy who, you know, minimum amount of rushers, not, not blitz happy. He did blitz with the Bears plenty, but he was not a blitz happy like, you wouldn't necessarily refer to Vic Fangio as an aggressive defensive coordinator. He is more patient and more willing to, you know, put guys in coverage, as we saw, which frustrated some people last year with when Khalil Mack would occasionally drop back in coverage. But that's exactly what it would seem to me that this offense's enemy would be, dropping more guys in the past coverage and that's i assume that's what vic fangio will do based on what he's done in the past and based on exactly the blueprint that the green bay packers may have set for every team that faces the bears daring them to throw the ball and you know you hope at some point in time that that matt Nagy, mark helfridge all those guys that designed the offense will concede a little bit and maybe get some sort of running game going but yeah i mean the, the vic fangio stuff it is so fair to call that in play. It's a big part of what's going to go on, the chess match between Matt Nagy and Vic Fangio. I was say, if you look at it objectively, it's going to be a blast to, to watch these two go at it, um, just, just considering how well they know each other. Hey, Mark, I'm trying to figure out if, um, if Trey Burton's importance to this offense is apparently as massive as it is in this sense. The whole the whole genius of Nagy and modern offense 
like modern meaning like the last three to four years, creating mismatches. You create confusion on offense as opposed to the other way around. And a way to do that is to end up with your mismatches, whether it is a tight end of Burton's um, uh, you know, ability against a linebacker or whether it is – um, you know, a running back against a linebacker or, you know, or against, you know, certain things, a tall tight end against a safety or, or you know, whatever those things are where you're trying to sort out and, and facilitate mismatches to your advantage on the offense. It seems that without Trey Burton, they don't really create mismatches, uh, uh, you know, anywhere. What are what are some other ways they can create mismatches without Burton being a guy that they move around and screw things up with? Yeah, I mean, it's a great point. And, you know, Matt Nagy said something interesting just yesterday. We asked him, you know, about Trey Burton and whether or not he's going to play. And, you know, he kind of gave the 50-50 thing, and he says that he feels better about him potentially playing this week than he did last week. But, you know, I I still – and I have no idea what that means. I have no idea if Trey Burton is going to play at this point. But what he did say, what he did offer to us relatively unprompted was – whether or not he plays, they will have a game plan in place that, that is without him. So they kind of are assuming that they'll go on without him. And I think that there's been times, like maybe that Philadelphia game, where they really, really, you know, I don't want to say they were not prepared, but they really thought that Trey Burton was going to be part of that game plan and be able to line him up in all sorts of different places in the U tight end. And he is, he is a terrific, Trey Burton is a terrific route runner. Now, as far as, like, matchup, like who can be mismatches yes. for the Bears at this point? Um, you know, Allen Robinson for sure. If you if you scheme him correctly, he is, and you can get him one on one with the Denver Broncos secondary. That's a that's a big plus. But you know, you saw what what Green Bay was able to do. Even though Robinson had over a hundred yards, they were double teaming him at times. And teams right now are zeroing in on him just because he is—he's he, the number one wide receiver. There's no no doubt about it. Another guy um, who I'd like to see create mismatches just with his speed alone is Taylor Gabriel. And don't get all complicated. Maybe just some, some straight up, you know, stop and go fly patterns. Get him down the field. Figure out ways to exploit the secondary again with Taylor Gabriel simply using his speed. And then the third guy, dare I say it, Adam Shaheen, mm-hmm. who, you know, and, and I know it's like we right, talked about stop right there. Week. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, I just don't, I, I, I don't, I don't believe in it anymore. I, 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 yeah, I, think I know. You have I know. no reason to believe I, in pick, it. Pick a random, very tall, stiff, tight end from the last 20 years and insert his name in place of Adam Shaheen. Just there, random. There you go. Yeah, but, you know, Tariq Cohen is a guy I keep thinking about. Um, because lining him up either in the slot or out wide on 44 of the 49 snaps that he plays last week strikes to me that I, I don't know if that's the best way to get him in a mismatch or get him into open space. Uh, I, I mean, dump-offs to him out of the backfield seem to be uh, a way to get him into open space. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, he requires, obviously, we've seen it too many times where when he doesn't get any kind of blocking, you see him going backwards. And most of the time it doesn't work. Every once in a blue moon, he'll pop it for, you know, 15 or 20 yards. And we're all in awe of the speed and running across the field and getting positive yards. Um, think about this. 
that first play of the game last week that the Bears botched on offense, if if you look at that, if Cohen, if that is a, a clean play right there, that's going down the field for a good 30 yards right there. That play was blocked. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you do have to put him in positions to win, but he just, he needs – a little bit of help, you know what I mean? Like, and there were problems. This is a this is a good offensive line that had a bad game last week. So you give Cohen just that little bit of space and not try to make him create it all on his own, and that's where you get the big chunk yardage from him. And we saw it a ton of times last year where that offensive line gave him just a little bit of daylight he needed, and it didn't seem like they were getting him that last week. Um, Mark, was that – did I hear that in the background, the – Public address announced the overhead speaker asking the flights overbooked, asking if anybody wanted to take a later flight for a, a generous flight coupon. Is that are you able no, to it's, take it's, advantage of that? It's um, it's actually no, it's, it's, it's Gene Honda. Uh, we are here together boarding this plane, so he is the the PA announcer that you heard just now. He does PA for airports too. That's great. It's good to be versatile. It's good. It's good to have that. Mark, thanks for <laughs> thanks for your time. Have safe fair safe travels. Trip. Oh Thanks, guys, God. Bears. It's Mark Grody. He's at the Bear Port mm-hmm. trying to what, board a, a bear plane. What, what bear line is he flying? Do you know? <laughs> I, I do. I, you I, should have asked him. I do not know what what bear line. Hey, Zach, you might want to take a... I did that. No, oh, I okay, didn't, you did didn't that? Pr- no, I didn't push the button. And oh, okay. I just assumed he was gone. I'm just used to... Gotcha. Okay. All right. Oh, big old jet bear line. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go from bad to worse. Take a break. And here comes David Schuster. Oh. It's a Wrigley Field. It's all going to hell. Saturday suckage. The arrow's pointing down, much like Matt Nagy's coaching since the week 11 last year. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 